1: Talking to Death is released weekly, every Wednesday, and brought to you absolutely free. But if you want ad free listening and exclusive bonuses, subscribe to Tenderfoot Plus at tenderfootplus.com or on Apple Podcasts.
0: Talking to Death is a production of Tenderfoot TV and iHeart Podcasts. Listener discretion is advised.
1: Welcome back to Talking to Death. I'm your host, Payne Lindsay today we have a guest who is a very good friend of mine her name is clara mcgregor she is a really talented actress and model does cool shit all over the world i wish i was her sometimes because it just seems like it's a lot of fun she asked me what i want to talk about on the show and i said i have no idea And then we just started talking back and forth, and we mentioned all kind of weird stuff about true crime and aliens, whatever. And uh, we go to some really fun places in this interview, and I'm glad that she was having fun with it, it seemed like. She's extremely hardworking and is just a genuine person through and through and I'm excited for you all to meet her if you don't know who she is already. This is episode two of Talking to Death with my good friend, Clara McGregor. I wanna talk to you about American Horror Story first. Yeah. You're in the New York season, the yes. NYC season. Uh huh. You crushed it, by the way. Thank you. I I really enjoyed your role, and I'm not gonna lie, you really look like you're from that time period. I don't awesome. even know what that means exactly.
3: <laughs> well, it's, it's a compliment this... to me. So thank okay, cool. You. No, it, yeah,
1: it is. It's supposed to be. And you know, so I don't know what that even means. It's just a, it's a look or yeah. something, but you pull off all the clothes from that time period it's it's super cool but what was that experience like being in some sort of i mean it was about a serial killer yeah in new york city yeah and you know what was it like playing in a, a horror series like that
3: i mean at first it was just it was such a great experience it was so much fun and on a production like that on ryan murphy's productions the worlds that he creates are so real as the actor who's standing there even with a crew behind you like you're looking down a new york street and everything in your eyesight feels like that time period so that was huge and also what's funny is like i had gotten the audition which was just like a one scene there was no information about it at all really no they just and, give
1: you a, a piece of paper they, and just, they go go Hi.
3: yeah it wouldn't yeah nothing about the you know the the season or the time period. And when I went in for my fitting, I still didn't know anything about it. And I did the whole fitting and I was like, yeah, so it's current day. We could probably keep some of my tattoos. And they're like, no, this is the late seventies, eighties. And I was like, oh my God, all that, all that style has come back now. So it didn't even feel necessarily, you know, there was so much of it, which was, which was of that time. And the other thing that was so cool about it you know, once I learned more about it um, before going to start shooting is it was very much based off of the movie Cruising with Al Pacino and Paul Mm -hmm. Servino from the 80s. I want to say I've never seen that movie. It's great. And so that's real. that's what that whole season is based off of. It's that this under this cop has to go undercover into the kind of gay nightclub community of that started really up in New York in the late 70s and like. The leather clubs and all that, and to investigate the serial killer who's going around and killing gay men. And it's dark. And it was actually a pretty controversial film because it it definitely portrays some extreme sides, I think, of of that world. Um, but ultimately it's this gritty, kind of great story. So I I was a fan of that movie, and I I think we've also come a long way with with films about the gay community but it Mm -hmm. it was it was something kind of cool for its time so it was really exciting to be able to step on set and there was a lot of like direct references to that movie which was super cool and then working with Sandra Bernhard who's an icon I feel like like
1: being an actor is hard (laughs) and maybe like what is it like really is it exhausting or is it just is it I don't know or is it energizing to you
3: it's well. To I think Olivia Coleman said this about it feeling like the best legal high you can get, and there is such an adrenaline rush. What does that mean? Though? Like,
1: what is, what's that feeling like?
3: It's just adrenaline, and I don't know. Mm. Being on a film set is incredible. Seeing right. all of the moving parts come together, and every single person on that set having such a crucial part in in getting the story told. You know,
1: when you're in a scene, are you like? emulating the character or are you feeling like that character yeah. in the moment or are you projecting it or are you thinking about lines and movements or what's going through your head
3: i think what i try to do the most is bring myself to the scene first just living truthfully in that moment how right? so i think i mean just in the sense of like How would, first of all, how would I be in this situation?
1: Okay, yeah. Just
3: me. How am I, how would I react if, if...
1: Which will be a real human reaction that's believable for you. And
3: from there, I start adding the layers of the character. And a lot of that I do it without writing anything down, but really in my mind kind of filling in all the blanks that the script doesn't give me. Like, where was this character a year ago, two years ago, six years ago? Why is she saying this now like what led to that and finding something within myself which i can connect to that and if i can't then you know something that will lead me close to it yeah i think it's for me it's really about trying to bring myself there first and just reacting
1: are you acting right now (sighs) maybe
3: you'll never know damn that's so good (laughs) (laughs) but (laughs) also i have to say that like the the culture on set and the way it is makes life for actors really easy. We are Mm -hmm. coddled on set (laughs) and everything is like, you know, don't lift a finger. Everything's handed to you on a silver platter. You know, it's, and in a way, especially if I'm producing a film, I'm not interested in that dynamic. I don't think it necessarily brings anything. It's a hard job to be an actor and to bring up those emotions and be on in, in the, those moments you have to have a lot of focus but you're you know you're the warmest most comfortable fed person on set at <laughs> all never times never hungry
1: never <laughs> hungry thirsty.
3: never cold never too warm like you know and is I, that a
1: good thing I mean I guess on a on a on the right day that's always a good thing right but, sure
3: but I think that like so, I you can think stay that, in it?
1: Or so you can just stay yeah, in the zone? Yeah, there's
3: moments where you do need to be in your zone. And mm-hmm, I think like, that's, Don't mess with
1: me. It's like a backstage. Yeah. You go on set. At the or same something, time, right? I
3: think the mentality of this, like, of putting actors on this pedestal and this kind of almost fear around them is a. is a. is. can be detrimental. I think that everyone on a set is incredibly valuable and the only reason that we can do our jobs well look good on camera um, have everything that we need to feel like we're in the world is because of every person there so as a producer when i'm on set i don't love that i think that you know everyone should kind of be in it together a little more yeah 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 With,
1: with the plot being about a serial killer yeah did you ever look into other serial killers in real life we seem to have a a morbid fascination as a culture with
3: totally. most serial killers. I mean, I think you know, I've always been a little um, squeamish, or what's the right word? Like fearful in general. With
1: I mean, that's probably a good thing. Watching. yeah. I think we all should be a little bit.
3: Yeah, I think with wa- with watching horror movies or anything scary, and especially uh, right, okay. like true crime stuff, I think even as and it like, freaks you out, a little it bit. freaks me out a little bit. So it had it has to be. In the right time don't and place. you fall asleep to it, like no. some people do. Some people are so yeah. My, my little sister Ann will just sit there and just yeah listen to that as she falls asleep. And
1: does it scare you because it's real and it a, starts making you think about your real life and just yeah, possibilities yeah. and scenarios or something.
3: I have an anxious brain. I, I'm right. an anxious person already, and so yeah, my brain will go crazy. Touché. I mean, yeah. <laughs> It's just, it plays into that. And there's times where I do like scaring myself with it a little bit. And mm-hmm. like, you as a know, thrill, just... as a thrill. And it's funny, like the horror films that I've watched maybe the most have been like, which are not always the best, but are like shark horror movies.
1: Really? Is that <laughs> is that one of your fears?
3: <laughs> my One of my biggest phobias and fears are sharks.
1: Are you around sharks a lot or something? No,
3: but no.
1: Also these I'm days, trying. like all the shark movies, they're like, in the city and shit and fly know, around there stuff but, that, like i mean clearly not they're so happen. insane
3: but there's something about it that's like i can scare myself and i know i'm like i'm not near any stretch of water right now i won't be going swimming before i go to bed like yeah. i can
1: that's like a human <laughs> instinctual fear sharks will kill you yeah <laughs> right and i think like you know that
3: jaws and movies like jaws and especially jaws kick that off yeah, It's really sure created that fear right that's part of the
1: foundation of our fear really
3: absolutely and then you have movies like Blair Witch Project which Mm -hmm. created the fear of of nothing at all and just like the the you know which led to paranormal activity but just the dread of of something being there that you can't see and so it's funny how that can I think even with birds with Hitchcock you know the the Mm -hmm. flutter of a bird's feathers after that watching that movie becomes such a terrifying
1: he was one of the masters of, of the dread, right? Yeah. Oh it's my like, God, you know, it, completely. It's, the, it's the thing that I found is what's scariest to me and most people, I feel like, yeah. is everything that's leading up to what's around that corner.
3: It's the anticipation. Yeah. Like once yeah. you see the
1: monster, the gimmick's up, right? Right. And Whatever that's also,
3: that's what made Jaws so good is their animatronic shark broke down yeah. the first week of filming and it was meant to be in the whole film. Damn. And so they literally could not use it until the last three weeks of shooting. I didn't it, know that. That's yeah, wild. and it made the movie
2: That's so why he's much goat. better. Yeah, he's, yeah. And
3: Spielberg was really young when he made that. And they were all like, you know, the shark broke down. Everyone's like, he's gonna butcher this, but it made the film brilliant because you're just it's just that music and it's not seeing it not knowing where it is and
1: I mean obviously I don't want to go in a shark cage or whatever I don't want to go yeah. swim with sharks I don't want to yeah. be in some place where hey there's a lot of sharks around here but we're yeah. just all willy-nilly in the ocean but I'm not really scared of them because I'm just never going to find myself in that position
3: I know it's true and it's funny like I'm i I scuba dive. I learned how to scuba dive when I was young, and that 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 doesn't scare me. The minute I'm down underneath, I'm I'm good. Anything on the surface, like surfing, snorkeling, swimming on the surface, because I know like a lot and I have so much respect for sharks, and they also do fascinate me. Right. (laughs) But I just know too much and maybe it's shark weakness. If they bite,
1: it's game over.
3: (laughs) Yeah. And they attack from below, so I don't like being on the surface. I guess I do
1: have a fear of sharks, because I was about to say that I don't ever want to go scuba diving either. I don't really want to be in this tank and like have to breathe through this apparatus and be like, yeah, oh, like underwater. No, like it's... I'm not supposed to be here. I don't think.
3: I know it's funny. I haven't done it since I was a lot younger, and I wonder now if it would be.
1: I mean, it looks badass. I'll say, and like yeah. if I got over that fear, I... it'd probably be a bucket list thing, right?
3: Yeah, it's. I think it's. It's pretty amazing being down there. You kind of it gives you a different perspective, just like being very high up does. You know.
1: Have you ever gone skydiving?
3: No, I would love to, though. It's like I have, I have a fear of it, but I have more of a fear of regret of not ever doing it. Does I that make it, sense? Yeah.
1: I've I've done it one time, and I'll say it was absolutely terrifying. And if you've never done it, this is how it felt to me. Yeah the person before me went and i don't know if it's just like cartoons or something that I, made me think this but i just because there's clouds everywhere i i don't know i i didn't think you'd fall so fast and then you'd go, feel
3: the dro- oh. i was like
1: oh my god they're gone and
3: I was does, like, does it feel like that when you jump out
1: it yes it, it feels like i mean most people unless you've like been skydiving you've never felt that roller coaster feeling that drop for more than like one maybe two seconds tops right and so it's about 15 seconds that you free fall which doesn't sound like a lot but go count to 15 and you'll be like holy shit!" And it just doesn't end and you're like oh my god uh, yeah um and i then, feel like the, yeah. f- the
3: flight up to just the lead up even the night before would be oh so man. much anxiety for vegas me. vegas
1: too and I'll, it's like one of my friends convinced us to do it at like three in the morning and we were all like yeah then i'm like it's seven now, we're going. I'm like, we're actually doing this for real? We're oh in God. this cab and I'm like, oh my God, guys.
3: I almost did it when I was in Australia. I was traveling the summer after my first year of college and I was with a friend of mine who wasn't the, the nicest person. And she convinced me to just say yes. And oh. then I just thought, I don't want to die with just you here, you know? <laughs> Like so far away that. from home. I didn't tell her that, now. But I didn't... <laughs> no, I didn't do it. it f- I pussied out, but I think at some point, maybe.
1: So sharks scare you. You haven't been skydiving. I mean, I do it once. I'll, I'll scuba dive once if you skydive yeah. once. I think it's that's yeah, fair, right? fair.
3: Let's do it. You go oh, down I'll you know how much it sucks
1: off. and vice versa. <laughs> so yeah. those things scare you. True crime kind of freaks you out.
3: Yeah, and there's been some things that I've really gotten into you know like some mm. obviously great i think netflix kind of kicked off the true crime documentary style thing like mm-hmm. with making a murderer which i thought was fascinating and once i start i have a really hard time kind of getting out of it
1: did you watch the dahmer series um the I, ryan murphy one on netflix
3: i have not seen that yet no i, I watched,
1: found it fascinating which maybe yeah. is maybe that means i'm fucked up
3: no, but. no no but i've i've that's something i would watch i do find you know, we know a lot about Dahmer, but then there is something intriguing about watching it played out in in a non-documentary style way as well, you know?
1: Why do you think we're so obsessed with dark people like that?
3: Like I don't culturally. I think it's like, it's maybe part of human nature. It's the fact, like when you can't look away from a car crash, it's... Mm-hmm.
1: Curiosity or...
3: Curiosity, and adrenaline rush, um fascination with 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 the human mind and how twisted it can get how
1: can you do that and
3: how can you yeah i can't. trying to
1: understand that yeah how you could get there or how someone could do something so heinous yeah
3: because i think for most people
1: Mm -hmm. anyway? yeah yeah,
3: i think it is such a foreign concept to Mm -hmm. be able to do something so horrific or create pain and then the fact that with a lot of serial killers, you see a complete lack of empathy or regret or, you know, which is they're sociopaths and psychopaths and stuff. And that disconnect is so unhuman mm-hmm. that I think we're fascinated by it because it, yeah, it's it's foreign and it's so strange.
1: A lot of people idolize like serial killers and stuff. Yeah. I mean, not a lot of people, but some yeah. people, I mean, they'd write them letters in prison and stuff. Yeah but i think in real life i think it's just the allure of this darkness that's so foreign that yeah that, that's a way now that's never going to come get you now right yeah but i think they're all just losers man they're they probably are just they I, o- mean, I mean, obviously but like yeah they're, n- they were never anyone you would associate with anyways right
3: no or probably not that you'd want to which and and maybe often you know societal rejects people that have been rejected by society Which and maybe
1: that's a problem and then we should you know
3: i mean there's all these problems and also not obviously bully kids
1: and, right like yeah obviously and, but
3: and just the mental health crisis mm-hmm. that we've always had and especially in countries like america where there's no mental health care and mm-hmm. certainly no you know, general health care, but that we don't acknowledge that in children as much and that children don't get as much psychiatric help and because it's mm-hmm. not available and, and not affordable. And so a lot goes ignored. And so people end up that way or some people are born that way. I mean, you know, it's like how what creates a serial killer. I'm sure there's just a lot yeah, of reasons and a lot
1: of there's tell I me mean, if your kids, you know, <laughs> cutting up animals in the backyard. Uh, it, yeah you just, know maybe look into that it, but, yeah and, and it's like that doesn't happen every time clearly but in Dahmer's case I think it did
3: it did right and so they definitely was, enabled
1: that allowed that to right and it was worse. a
3: different time where I think mm-hmm. we were
1: we didn't really know no there's no blueprint for no looking at what could potentially go wrong to that degree like that
3: no and I think that's even more recent is mm-hmm. also um you know studying children's psychology and and finding the root of that and what builds empathy and and is that something that you can build like grow if you're if you don't have that or is there whatever that is or you see a lot of especially with men who have been rejected by women mhm that seems yeah. to be a common thread it's such a common thread and mm-hmm. whether on the small scale of yep. domestic abuse and or just the idea of that uh, even. Yeah, right? and then to, you know all or their the way mom with mom or something, right? Yeah, There's a lot of like mommy that. issues or and yeah, the being rejected and then being angry and ang- so insanely angry to a different scale that you want to take that out by harming you know, women or whatever that is.
2: Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: What's the scariest situation that you've ever been in?
3: That Okay, okay, yeah. Mm. I've been very lucky, I have to say, because in that sense, um, I've never had to fully... I haven't really had any extreme circumstances like that but i did have a horrible ex-boyfriend who was that unfortunately was probably some of the scariest times in my life which i was young i was like 19 20. Mm -hmm. and you know you're still getting to know yourself at that age and i didn't realize the manipulation that was going on and then when it got physical you know that's when you know that that was those were scary moments yeah and honestly like i look back on it now and it really it's the silver lining of it is that i can spot a lot of red flags that's
1: good yeah <laughs> you know for what real. i mean right
3: but i think that was and again that's what you know that's what we were just talking about is that kind of it can start with with something like that and so i think those were the most the kind of the times i feared for myself the most but I felt generally kind of very safe in the city and walking around. And I think as a woman, you do naturally think about that stuff more and you're more aware. But I have generally been very lucky. Yeah.
1: How have you grown since the? Yeah. How, how, how have you grown?
3: I think in so many ways. I mean, I think it, I had a, a fear of maybe being alone and not having a, a man by my side at that mm-hmm. age and it gave me a lot of strength it also gave me Is that me... because
1: you just got used to it or
3: Yeah, I mean that's stems... I, mean,
1: I, mean, I have no idea or yeah. is that like a I don't know. It
3: stems from but you exa- broke that
1: off, right? So like yeah. to me like what was it like in the moment and then
3: it's so crazy. I think with abusive relationships like that, it can feel like you are so broken down and you're made to feel like your world is so small. And mm-hmm. that person makes your life so small that you feel like you can't live without them, which right. looking back on it is so crazy. You're which like, really, dude, you should It's
1: the opposite. Or... Yeah.
3: And it's completely the opposite. But it's so crazy how your mindset can be so warped. And I think that can happen to women at any age. And it has nothing to do with how smart you are or what your awareness level is. But what it taught me, I think, was to, yet yeah, to, to to build something within myself, to grow and to feel secure in my own skin and, and um, find things that are mine, like my career and my How did you do that? How did you
1: get there in your mind?
3: Well, firstly, I was very lucky that I could go see a psychiatrist and I got on Lexapro. Big yeah. fan. Sertraline
1: baby. Is it the yeah. same thing? I don't know.
3: I don't know either, but yeah. yes, is it anything a that helps.
1: Serotonin uptake inhibitor. I should probably, SSRI. Is it? Yeah,
3: I should probably know this. It's, I
1: think it is. Yeah. It yeah. Is. Be like, no, we dig. No, no.
3: That's I don't know, but it worked. <laughs> and then I, you know, again, like had access to therapy. And mm-hmm. so, and then talking about it with my friends. And I think also just getting a little older. Yeah. And yeah, all of that really helped. And then, you know, I took my time more when I'm meeting people and I kind of, and keep, I, this keeps, you know, I'm still in this process of, and I think that will always carry on, but.
1: Which process?
3: Of growing and. F-
1: do you think we ever stop? I mean, no, I don't think we do, right? I don't it's, think we do. We and never I think, like fully have figured it out.
3: No. And I think that's life. And also there's different stages and phases yeah. of life. I have to remind and, myself that like, yeah.
1: cause you want it all figured out, right? Or of course I do, we like do. just innately, right?
3: What I'm starting to realize is in your twenties, you're like, okay, great. I got to figure it all out. Yeah. And then you're near, I'm in my later twenties now. And it's like, oh, okay, I don't need to have it all figured out. But sure. what I do know is like the more I can, f- you know, do things for myself and like fuel myself by, you know, reading or watching good movies and having really good friendships and doing things that are interesting and working hard. And that's what will carry me through. And I think that was also a learning curve that I had to figure out is that was really, what was important and not necessarily finding meaning or finding your identity in in a partner like that. Yeah, I don't know, it made me picky, it's good. Made you
1: picky, okay, that's (laughs) good. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) that's probably better than being like sure yeah come on Yeah,
3: exactly yeah it's true and in it it, i certainly never wanted it to define me and it's something that i feel very like i can be very open about now i've worked through it it doesn't like make me feel a certain type of way but i just know what to avoid and i know you know you never know what can happen in life but you can try to be as aware as you can, and that's all you know
1: what are your views on just life in general? i mean we're <laughs> we're sitting here on this big ass rock, flying around space, and every day we learn about how much bigger the universe apparently is, and how much older it it is than we thought, yeah. And that um, the
3: universe is expanding, but like I right. thought it was going—I thought it was infinite. So what is it expanding into?
1: I think it's becoming more and more infinite. We we haven't found a wall yet. No. Right.
3: Which is weird because if there was you a wall, you think about then- that kind of stuff. I mean, maybe yeah. I just do, but no, I I definitely you can see do. you in weird
1: headspace when you do it for too long because you feel real tiny. But
3: if you think about it for too long, it's it's crazy. But there's times where I think that it's like going out into nature and and seeing something really beautiful. You are reminded of how small you are, but there's something comforting in it, you know, like everything you try to control in life ends up controlling you. So when you see the vast amount of space, it's like, yeah, well, listen, it's all just going to happen. Like there's nothing I can do anyway. Yeah. So there's some comfort in the weirdness of it. And yeah, I do like thinking about it. And I think that, you know, thinking about aliens and the fact that it would, to me, there's just no way that that other life doesn't exist.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, just from a scientific viewpoint. Yeah. How can we, we're
3: at the tiny blip in a time. I feel like most people
1: of, are, are there now.
3: Yeah. I sp- I think especially now, you know, with, there's been a much larger conversation about it and and the fact that I think what we've realized—I forget what show this was on. Maybe it was called. It was a documentary called U- UFO or something. Oh, the
1: Showtime one. Yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah, when the, the newer-ish the... one, like a year yeah. Or two ago. Yeah.
3: But they were kind of talking about how the myth of the alien, the little green man, was really kind of created by governments. Yeah. To make it a myth, so that we wouldn't think about it, and right. that it's like, no, these people are all crazy. And oh, we're you know there was an incident I think maybe in Arizona and the mayor of Arizona came out after in like a full blow-up green costume making light and of the whole situation. Making of light the, of it, it was the
1: Arizona lights. That yeah, happened. exactly.
3: And so when you see like, oh well, maybe we've been made to f- think of things in in this way, and and I don't know that they are the aliens in the storybooks with aliens that we have, you know, the little green men. But there's something.
1: You're not you're not religious, are you? Or are you? I don't no,
3: know. no. I'm Jewish. Um okay. and I I feel Jewish, but I'm not uh you know, that observant or religious, no.
1: How does one feel Jewish? Just by being Jewish?
3: Like I've yeah, I'm proud of my Jewishness. Okay and I think like culturally I really feel Jewish in that sense and I like the Yeah, yeah traditions and the Cool, yeah. stories and mm-hmm. I've you know liked being raised Jewish, but I we were i was not raised religious or or observant in in that sense but i think that yeah
1: do you know the term synchronicity the simultaneous occurrence of events which appear significantly related yes but have no discernible causal connection
3: when something is synchronized Mm -hmm. yeah
1: do you ever like have experiences like that um i feel like i do a lot yeah yeah, and I don't know. I don't know if it's just. I feel like me I know where you're gonna. That, I, I yell, yeah. I got one for you. Yeah. I know. I think you do. I do.
3: Um, there has been moments. I'm trying to think. It's funny. I'm.
1: And sometimes they're just a blip. Yeah. It's a moment, right? And sometimes they you you remember it forever, like mm. that was so weird, or that was so unique and special, or what are the odds, coincidence beyond, and maybe it's just me assigning meaning or you know, confirmation bias where I, you know, you're looking for it, you're going to find it. If you think about a blue truck, you're going to start seeing blue trucks down here.
3: Yeah. But, but that's sometimes also, it feels
1: beyond that. Yeah. Right. Totally. Or just the odds are, you know, low and it, it was a positive thing. And yeah. so, Hey, take it.
3: Yeah. Right. No, I think there's a lot of moments like that. And I don't know if this is exactly it, but living in some in a city like New York, you mm-hmm. know, like the other day I was walking down the street and I ran into m- one of my first ever friends I had in London that we used to walk to school together. I was tiny.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And she lives in Williamsburg now and so do I. And it was like we hadn't seen each other since we were so small, but yeah. we totally recognized each other. That's you know? pretty
1: cool. You and just see the face and yeah, the eyes it and was, you just knew.
3: We just to- That's yeah, it pretty was, wild. That cool was though. her for sure. And so there's moments like that which are... You know you're like oh my god like yeah. life will bring you back around
1: yeah i got a i got a good one for you Get it, it involves me. your dad okay okay which is how i even know you actually that's true
3: that's how i know you too actually
1: <laughs> right <laughs> so this would have been i think it was probably 2019 yeah i was working on the second season of, of up and Vanish. yeah and i think I was in san francisco at the time for some random interview uh-huh and i i checked my voicemail and this lady had called and said that Ewan McGregor wants you to go to set and meet with him and have lunch. This is Call funny because I
3: heard the flip side of this last oh, night. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay.
1: Well, how would I have his number? So, um, <laughs> and so I was like, what? And so I called back. And then the next thing you know, two days later, I'm driving in set. And I I walk in, I'm on the doctor's sleep set. Yeah. And I'm just sitting here with your dad. And it's he's <laughs> acting like we've we've know each other. Like yeah. he's like, how you been? And I'm like, we're good. I was like, it's cause he was listening. I'm to like you. looking around. <laughs> right. He felt like he knew me from the felt podcast. Like he knew you from the podcast. And I yeah. was like, um, okay. And then we kicked it off and we had a lot of fun. he showed me around set. I was yeah. like, this guy's pretty cool. And you know got this like okay, where are you staying at yeah you know he was staying at pont city Marco, which is like where i was living at the time yeah and his apartment was one up from mine and i was like what? come on what, what? <laughs> and next thing you know a couple days later i'm i'm drinking wine with him upstairs and yeah you know, i'm just friends with ewan mcgregor now <laughs> I guess.
3: <laughs> That's so funny. And then
1: it gets it, it gets weirder. Okay. So then I think it was probably 2 weeks later. Uh-huh. I think I think he had just wrapped the movie and he had left. And it was probably 2 or 3 2 or 3 weeks later, I'm in New York City. I was with my friend Mike and we were walking around some random park. I don't even know which one it was. And I look over and like 15 feet in front of me is your dad and he's walking around he doesn't see me yet and i'm like dude holy shit there's you e. mcgregor and then i thought i go Hold, wait a minute <laughs> he's gonna think I, i'm stalking him or something like what are the odds that i'm just here again like
3: he was one stalking you though man,
1: man, man, dude you're,
3: i'm telling you
1: now i'm piecing it together
3: he knew that you were around when damn, you, he was on I, yeah. set
1: oh uh, damn okay
3: you come over, pulling over freeze. on me, yeah.
1: But I, I was like, man, he's he's probably gonna be like, yeah, we had a fun hang, man. But like, what are you doing in the what are you doing in the park with me and my family? <laughs> but uh, no, it was cool. That's actually the last time I've seen your dad um, in person.
3: That's so funny.
1: But um, and then I got tattoos by your sister.
3: I have some too. Well, okay, let's see you. So this was one of her first stick and pokes. This one. Oh, I like that. Which is crazy. I remember uh, seeing
1: that one on Instagram, actually.
3: Yeah, that one. And then she did this little face.
1: Ooh, yeah.
3: And these. That's cool. <laughs> and my lemon. And she's done a lot. Mer- this. Yeah, these are mine. Which one did she do?
1: She did. Let's see. The
3: cassette. No. That. Yeah. Ah. Cute. Uh,
1: that. And this.
3: Oh, nice. Yeah. Hell yeah.
1: (laughs) That's actually the, I mean, I kind of, I kind of screwed up, but I was trying to get a national park stamp, which means what it is. Right. Yeah. And you know, on a, on that stamp, there's a date of when you get the stamp. Yeah. And I did like my company, Tenderfoot, and I, I, in hindsight I should have got the date of when the company started or something. But I just got the date that I got that tattoo. <laughs> as if it was a real literal stamp. So but at least I know of, my first tattoo you know, was given on August 8th, that was 2021, your first one? Very first one.
3: Wow. And
1: I flew up to New York City just to get it.
3: Esther gave you your first yeah, hat.
1: It was it was cool. Hell yeah. Yep.
3: That's a proud older sister moment.
1: Yeah. It was dope. Yeah. And I've been wanting to get more ever since. But, you know, I was hoping to do it this time. Next time I'm doing it. I'm gonna put on the books.
3: Yeah. Put it on the books. Yeah. Um, but no, my dad was telling me last night he was that he was such a fan of your podcast and was listening to it all the time with Mary, because I think you mm-hmm. met Mary yeah. then too. And so they were just, you know, they felt like they knew you. And he was like, and we got him to come to set. And my dad was like, and then you kind of realized, oh fuck, you know, he must he doesn't know me. Like
1: <laughs> I know the moment your dad probably said, I'm gonna reach out to this guy. It yeah. had to have been Cause I made a reference one time yeah. to a scene in Big Fish.
3: Oh, that got him! Yeah, he was like, "I got an end." And <laughs> he I, saw his in. the guy
1: who plays in that movie. Yeah, <laughs> I'm glad he got the reference. Oh, that yeah. it made sense in how I was describing that must it. Must have been it. And he yeah. was like, "That's it." But I am Big Fish, <laughs> and he called yeah. me.
3: Yeah. I am Big Fish. <laughs> I am Sunset Boulevard. Um, but he, yeah. I mean, listen. When he heard that we were doing this today, he was like, "Let me know when you're done. I'm coming by."
1: That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of my friends is gonna be super jealous, and it's actually our mutual friend. He's like, "Whenever you see you and again, I better be there." And I'm like, "Dude, I don't even know when I'll yeah. be." Like, and then sure enough, it's today, and, and... it's his like childhood best friend. <laughs> so yeah, sorry Austin, but
3: sorry Austin. Next
1: time. Next time. He wants to talk about motorcycles with your dad.
3: Ah, uh, yeah. He's
1: into that. Yeah, boys and their toys. Right? I mean,
3: <laughs> I don't,
1: I'm too scared I'm gonna kill myself on a motorcycle.
3: Well, yeah. I don't think I'm
1: capable of not.
3: I know, that's what freaks me out with him riding too, or with anyone I know riding. I mean, there's a part of me that also wants to ride.
1: I mean, it's kind of badass, let's be real, but
3: <sighs> I would just, ooh, it's just a It rocket. would just look, I would look cool. I right. know I would look cool on a bike, okay? But You'd that's... be
1: intimidating rolling up whoa. Well. But the like, biker community
3: <laughs> is going to hate me for even suggesting that I just ride a but bike to is? look cool. The biker community, you know? They're going
1: to hate you for what?
3: For wanting to ride a bike because I think I'll look cool.
1: <laughs> oh, is that not cool? I feel like you I wanna, guess you're probably, you, you have to like to have change lift. the oil and have like greasy yeah. hands.
3: Yeah, but I did no, that don't. with you my dad a bunch a growing center. up. <laughs> that, that too.
1: Yeah, there's people who do that there are people who do that for you it's okay yeah. it's like 20 bucks um, <laughs> I get it if you want to tinker with your stuff that's fine right Yeah. But I don't I mean, trust myself to do that I'm not good no. with little assembling no things. again
3: I, I would like to fantasize that I would know how to do that just like I'd like to fantasize that I know how to do all of my own stunts and that you know
2: Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: If there was another version of yourself in a different dimension, or like, you know, what's the, is it a cooler or oh, a lesser Oh, she's way vers- cooler. Way cooler?
3: Way cooler right. than me, yeah.
1: You're like the mid-level version of yourself yeah, like it just barely cracking the potential you no got? yeah
3: we could yeah we could like do that. a lot cooler and and i don't even know what that is because otherwise i would be doing it now right but <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's like a, yeah
3: yeah no it would yeah it'd be cool it would be very badass i mean it yeah
1: if you could write your script and just make it happen right what would you want to do for the rest of your life or what moments would you like to achieve, or do you look at it like that, or... Of
3: course, I mean, I think with with acting and when you're starting out, especially, there's always, you know, things that you want to do. And what's cool, I think, about being an actor is you can step into the shoes of so many different people and walks of life and kind of... in a, in a much different way, of course, just kind of explore that. Um, or learn about it, and so that's always exciting. My, <laughs> my, the when people are like, "What's your dream role?" That will always change. I, I want to do great projects. I mean, yeah, so like does everyone. Like, I want to do good, like that. great work. There's also a part of me that wants to do like a really cheesy action film. Like, yeah. I do
1: want to be like, like, like Fast and Furious. Yeah, but maybe
3: thing. okay. Like, ideally, like you know, like a born ultimatum kind of vibe. Like, it's cool. What
1: would the next born be called? <sighs>
3: what would the other? They're all... born <laughs> McGregor. <laughs>
1: Damn, that's tight. And they just swap out your dad. Yeah. For... No, it's just me. <laughs> oh, it's you. Yeah. That would be... T- that'd be cooler. Yeah. It would be cool. So, on some, like, uh, Trinity from the Matrix shit? Yeah, exactly. you know what I mean? Just like... Yeah. Oh-ho.
3: I think just, you know... I know I'm, I'm definitely not pro-gun at all, but in, in the vein of an action-y film. But I want to shoot know, a gun. <laughs> guns, I want to have like, I want to get all f- fucked up and be fighting people. I'm not people pro, but and... give me
1: that thing in an action movie. Let me go.
3: Yeah. want to do stunts. I want to, you know, but that's... <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, that's, that's my like little... the classic Hollywood thing, right? Totally,
3: and thing, it's, right? it's funny because it's not even necessarily like my favorite types of movies aren't those movies necessarily or but i feel like i'd have a great time
1: what's it like having a famous dad who yeah that a lot of people admire and yeah to them he's this character in this movie and yeah they're fans of that and i mean growing up in that i mean it's probably a question you get, get asked a lot but yeah as someone who doesn't have a famous dad yes who People like, like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. What is that like? And how does that shape how you do things or has it, or can you even realize it at all?
3: I think that um, what my parents did and what my dad did is they always kept his career and his work very separate from us. Mm, we weren't yeah. really in the limelight in that way. It was, he was going to work, that Smart. was his job. And we, you know, lived a, a, I had a childhood that felt very separate from that. And, you know what comes with that is first of all an immense amount of privilege you know that i grew up in that was wealth privilege but also the celebrity privilege of my dad and um and so when people are like is it hard to have a famous dad i'm like no no it's not no it's first of all i love my dad i've i think that I, I mean, he's
1: a genuinely good person.
3: He's, I think so too.
1: And it's, if and you don't know him, yeah. he, he is a through and through good person. So
3: I've never wanted to person. distance myself from that. He is my dad. Mm-hmm. And like, when it comes to, you know, the whole Nepo baby thing, I I get it. I get the right. frustration. I have had a lot more opportunities that have opened up because of who he is. That's undeniable.
1: And for those who don't know the term Nepo baby, what does that mean?
3: Uh, you know, nep- nepotism, mm-hmm. just doing what my father does. And right. I think that I, I absolutely get that. And it has, there is a privilege to that. And all that, you know, what I want to do is that I, I love what I do. I love acting. I love being on a film set so much. And it has... Growing up around it definitely, you know, made me fall in love with it for sure. And, um, all I really want to do is just be very good at what I do Mm -hmm. and get, keep getting better and better and do good work and be good. And yeah, I think a lot of things are made easier because you, you do have a famous parent and you
0: look at
1: your dad's journey and, and think about your journey and how you navigate what you're doing.
3: I think any journey in any kind of creative industry, especially in Hollywood, it's like, you just, you can't compare things happen Mm -hmm. so differently. My dad's career started from very young Mm -hmm. and everything is at at a different pace. I think I admire a lot of his work, but it's definitely a different time now. There's, you know, and I'm, yeah, I'm just, it's, it's definitely a different... We've we've already had a very different career, right? Thus far, so it's a
1: different world now too, right? and it's
3: a completely different world, and so it's
1: it's starting now yeah. in anything versus ten years from now or twenty. Yeah. it's it's a it's gonna keep changing
3: completely. And you know, I made a movie with him, which I produced, which is so and cool, co-wrote, and got to act with him, and that was so fucking great. I mean, when did it come
1: out? Uh, like, when's it? When can we watch it?
3: Soon. We are we've okay. closed distribution. We're just, we're locking in some things right now, but we'll have a date very soon and it will be accessible. But yeah, that was something that, you know, I got to build and I got to yeah. then do with him. And just as a person getting to spend that much time with your dad as an adult is cool and doesn't really happen often. So. Yeah,
1: I love Seeing that that yeah. can happen, yeah, right? at all. Oh that it, yeah, I mean, it's... the stars could ever align in any situation where yeah. this could happen. Yeah, and it's think... like that's that's cool. And it gave one me one, a right? deeper,
3: exactly. Yeah, it gave me such a deeper appreciation for his work too. Just actually acting with him, I was like, oh shit, okay, you're you're really dropped in. You're listening. You're reacting. Your dad, you're... he's
1: like, he's zone. <laughs> he's
3: in the zone.
1: <laughs> Big fish. So
3: that's those are all great, and I feel I just feel. I feel very lucky. And yeah, I mean, he's, at the end of the day, he's my pops. And I, I don't want to deny that or have to distance myself from that. Mm -hmm. And, but I, I, you know, it's definitely, for me has not been a hardship. I feel like he has also very much allowed me to be my own person. Like I said, I wasn't really in the public eye until I chose to be, which I think was super important. And that's, allowed me to not yet. Yeah, I don't know. You have to stay yeah. grounded and like, no. Yeah. Stay rooted. I think so.
1: Does your dad's success as an actor make you feel like you want to create that on your own for yourself in your own way?
3: I feel like that's what I'm doing anyway. Yeah. And I think that's always been, I mean, I've never felt like, oh god, I gotta do this yeah, on my own. Yeah, it's not like
1: a reaction, but because it's just he, yeah, what you would be doing in the first place,
3: right? I think so, and also, yeah, I, of course, it's like I, I want to do my own thing, but I also understand that people are gonna make the reference and know who he is, and he also
1: people are just dum-dums. But yeah, but also <laughs> you know, like, it's like the thing from that thing. And yeah, like, they just and make these connections and the like and I all, hate to even bring yeah. it up because I don't want to no, make it. No, no, but I think it's that.
3: it's always interesting. Again, all I want to do and all I care about is being the best I can be at mm-hmm. work and
1: and I can tell. I get that vibe the, from you that yeah. it's you're self-starter in that way. And
3: I love working. I just yeah. I, I really do. So for me it's just about yeah, just just being you know, professional and a good collaborator and just keep working on my craft. And that, you know, that I think is all that I that I can do and that I want to do and like that carries you through, you know, but yeah, I mean, you know, my mom's a fantastic production designer. Yeah, I hope know. to work with her too. This is- That'd be really cool. Yeah, it's amazing. And so I I feel very lucky that I grew up around artistic parents and that they showed me you know f- filmmaking and all of that so it, i just feel a lot of gratitude towards it
1: when you and i inevitably i'm yeah. going lock it in right now yeah or i'm just gonna will it into existence yeah someday when we inevitably create some film or tv series together yes. whether as producers whatever or yeah what what's it gonna be what are we going to do? What's what's the vibe? What's the concept? Or what's the genre?
3: Well, you know what I, you know what I, I mean, I reached out to you about this. Off radio Rate The stuff that I got in Radio Rental was, I was just like, what are you doing with it? I want to make it.
1: I mean, that would be a dream. So
3: that stuff is a dream. But I think like, I don't know, man, you've always got your hands on such interesting stories. The way that you would conduct your own research and like. The investigative journalism aspect to it. Well, thank you. Is so interesting and so cool, and I think that translates so well to narrative. You know, to to making you know uh, movies or TV shows about certain things. It's I'm just like,
1: making this shit up as I go. Like, oh.
3: Well, <laughs> you're fooling all of us. Then,
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm really but calling you guys. You
3: know, that makes the best stories, mm-hmm. and translating that into a a, a narrative format in that way is
1: I feel like acting cool. something that scares me. Like yeah. I look at what you do and think I couldn't do that. Right? Yeah. And maybe that's not necessarily completely true. But I'm sure you could. Maybe I could probably play the Joker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would want to play like a crazy guy. That'd be yeah. wild. But I'd probably, probably make me But go I down feel a like you know I
3: look at what you do, what so many other people do and I'm just like God Right, it's amazing. I mean, my best friend Lee is a is a senior year high school teacher in New York.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, I could I never do that. do that. Yeah, my sister's a a teacher. Like, I God, could never do that. I would. I I'm not smart that. enough to do that.
3: Firstly, I'm not smart enough, and the patience and the sheer like yeah. goodness. We should pay of, them you know, more. <laughs> Seriously. Or give them pay school supplies or more. something. Money. What Money? the hell? Why, um, why am
1: I buying my sister's school supplies? Yeah, seriously, pencils, guys. Guys, come, come on. on,
3: come on. <laughs> but you know, that's those. There's always that. But yeah.
1: what are you looking forward to the most in life right now? It could be tomorrow, ten years from now.
3: Right now, honestly, it's 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 being on set, acting, producing, just working, just just working, being
1: in the in the elements. <laughs> Yeah. Just, just doing it.
3: I think just doing it. I've, yeah. you know, I think sometimes... In, do you like staying in that? Yeah, I do. And also I think, it, you know, with this career, it's been... There's been a lot of slow Isn't times. it kind of like this? Yeah. And also there was COVID
0: mm-hmm. and
3: then the strike and there was like a little, you know, so I haven't been that busy, which is okay. And like stuff right. happens. But now I like when people ask me what my dream job is, is to be on set and have another job booked. You right. Know? And just to just to, to know, know that like
1: going. So and I'm really excited right? for that.
3: I feel like what I'm doing with my production company, with my producer Vera Boulder, is, is always exciting. There's always new things that we're doing. And yeah, just getting out there. I don't know. I'm really also just enjoying my later 20s. Yeah, I feel good.
1: That's awesome. And yeah, just want to keep just
3: want to keep, keep moving
1: forward. And yeah, doing the keep thing. doing
3: that. I, you know, I want to learn Spanish. I need to do some.
1: I mean, I wish I took like I mean, it was high school, but I didn't learn. I didn't retain any of it.
3: Me neither. I speak French, which is but terrible. When I... So I figured, oh, well, I'll take Spanish and I'll learn Spanish just as easily as I learned French. But right. French was French? given. I do, but okay. I was given French. It was like my first language. My they mom just spoke gave you to French,
1: me. and they just installed it, it to, to your head?
3: Me. Yeah, like my mom. I, spoke... I know, right? It'd be awesome. But I never had to think about it. It was something that I just grew up. Yeah. And so I I was too, um, I think, cocky about learning Spanish. And so I am I can understand a lot of it, but I cannot speak it.
1: I just, I mean, my brain just will not, I mean, I could do it, but I'm yeah. like, uh, what is this? Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm confused. And I was like, that's so lazy, man, figure it out.
3: <laughs> well, before you turn 12, before the age of 12, you can learn every yeah. language on earth. You're like a sponge and then it becomes.
1: Then it's like 12 in one day
3: yeah i should have stuck with doomed. the piano you know right. all of these things i mean we can rock really stars yeah we could have a whole band could, yeah we could have had a band Damn.
1: in hindsight that'd be cool. That been cool that would have been
3: cool so
1: the movie that you have with your dad i'm not sure when this comes out yet so in the event that it comes out around that time if not i'll cut this but just tell me the name of it and just kind of what the premise is
3: um it's called you sing loud i sing louder mm-hmm. It's a movie about a father-daughter who take a road trip um, through the desert. It's a family dramedy. There's comedic parts. There's dark parts. There's a slight backdrop of addiction, but it's really just a quirky, kind of slightly eccentric road trip. Sounds fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun to make.
1: Did it feel like a road trip when you were making it? Or did it I mean, feel like you were making a movie.
3: <laughs> a bit of both, but so much of our driving stuff, we were just driving on yeah. roads out there, and so, yeah, a lot of it, we felt like we were really out on the road, which was very fun. Where'd you all film it? At? In New Mexico.
1: Oh, cool. Which you is a beautiful. I, was, I mean, it's not like super special. I know. No I
3: wanted to. We drove past it, Um, but I love it there. I mean, the sky is like three fourths of your frame all the time it's wild it's huge it just and
1: feels different
3: feels like another planet there so yeah i love it
1: and then you have very little oxygen to your brain and yeah. you feel kind of loopy
3: you start getting a little loopy and you don't realize
1: it till you go back home you go wow that was really wild oh out there God,
3: what was how do that? they do
1: this forever i know out here?
3: i know i kind of loved Props it to you guys and it's the perfect place to make a movie you're you're kind of everyone is Away from their normal life, in yeah, a way. it's a different world. And right? so you're and just in there with the cast, the crew, and you're. It was it was a great time.
1: Well, this yeah. has been amazing. This and has been so I'm much
3: so glad fun. you did this. Ah, are you kidding? I mean, I was just like, I was you know, so. I don't know. You should have seen the text I sent my friends when you asked me. I was like, really? I'm going to be. You're like, haha. Ha. <laughs> 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 I yeah. am. You're not. <laughs> I exactly. <laughs> Um, I made my dad jealous, so it was a win all around. No, seriously, thank you so much. Of course, this has been a blast.
1: We should do it again soon.
3: Anytime. Awesome. Anytime. And come to
1: Atlanta. Come hang out with us.
3: I'm going to come to Atlanta. Okay, cool. Yeah. Deal. Deal. All
1: right. She's awesome. She's amazing. I love her. Her dad actually did come after the interview he had texted her, was like, Hey, is it is it cool if, if I come? Uh it, it's okay if not. And she's like, Dad, it's fine. Also, totally weird that it, it's you and McGregor we're talking about. <laughs> but this this guy is so genuine. Her other sister, Esther, gave me a lot of the other tattoos I have on my arm. I just strangely have this organic connection with the McGregor family out of nowhere, but I'll take it. It's amazing, they're great people, and I'm just happy that they're in my life. I'm about to low-key flex, too. I actually, I'm I'm just bad at returning phone calls. I'm a texter, obviously, but um, I'm constantly on do not disturb, and some people are actually offended by that, when they see the whole do not disturb thing on the iMessage. Don't be offended. <laughs> Everyone sees that, not just you. I check my phone enough to where it's okay, I will see it pretty soon. I just don't like the anxiety of the... Vvv, vvv, ding. I just cannot, I can't do it. Ewan actually called me a few days ago. Whenever we met in the lobby after Clara's interview, he was like, hey, what'd you guys talk about? And she's like, "Yeah, we talk about this and that, and UFOs and aliens." And then I, I kind of saw Ewan's eyebrows go up a little bit. I was like, "Hey, do you believe uh, in you know extraterrestrials?" And he kind of was like, "Yeah, maybe. I don't know." And I'm like, "Okay, well, I have a show that I put out recently called High Strange, where I take a real objective, investigative approach to." the topic of UFOs and aliens and what's true, what isn't, what the hell is really going on. And so I was like, hey, like, you know, shameless plug. Like if you want to check out this show that I made, tell me what you think. And sure enough, he actually listened to it. Unlike I do, most of the time I'm like, Yeah, yeah, yeah I got you, I got you. And I'm so sorry for everyone I've said that to. <laughs> but he actually listened to it and this is how nice this person
3: is and I just- Finished, um high strange, fantastic man. I really enjoyed it and uh, I feel like my mind's blown. I watched a couple of uh, documentaries about the subject
1: and um I really enjoyed your your podcast Brilliant, Well done. I'll take it. First of all, thanks for actually listening to it. Now I just want to pick Ewan's brain about what he thinks. I mean, he clearly went down the rabbit hole, said he watched other documentaries and shit. Just a a good human. If you ever get the chance to meet this person, he's just as real as it gets. I'm just a a fan of him, and the fact that he's a fan of anything that I've ever done kind of hurts my head to think about. I don't really compute that, but I feel flattered as hell, so. Clara, Esther, Ewan, love you all. Stay tuned next week for a really exciting guest next Wednesday. Cheers. Talking to Death is a production of Tenderfoot TV and iHeart podcast, created and hosted by Payne Lindsay. For Tenderfoot TV, executive producers are Payne Lindsay and Donald Albright. Co-executive producer is Mike Rooney. For iHeart Podcasts, executive producers are Matt Frederick and Alex Williams, with original music by Makeup and Vanity Set. Additional production by Mike Rooney, Dylan Harrington, Sean Nerney, Dayton Cole, and Gustav Wild for Cohito. Production support by Tracy Kaplan, Mara Davis, and Trevor Young. Mixing and mastering by Cooper Skinner and Dayton Cole. Our cover art was created by Rob Sheridan. Check out our website, TalkingToDeathPodcast.com. Thanks for listening to this episode of Talking to Death. This series is released weekly, absolutely free. But if you want ad-free listening and exclusive bonuses, you can subscribe to Tenderfoot Plus on Apple Podcasts or go to TenderfootPlus.com.